As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Well, just another crappy weather Sunday here in Cleveland, and just another Browns win. The same as it's always been. Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, about an hour after the conclusion of a 22-17, another strange game, another non-aesthetically pleasing game, but Jason, really not as close as the final score indicated. Um, the Browns, without Miles Garrett, played arguably their best defensive game of the year. They could not run the ball for about three quarters, and in the fourth, they ran it. Nick Chubb, really good at football. Kareem Hunt, really good at football. Um, and, and, you know, a game, again, you can nitpick, and you can certainly say the Eagles are awful because they are. But the Browns have this formula that we're going to keep it simple. We're going to come right at you. And in the fourth quarter, in the second half, really, I just felt like they wore the Eagles down, and they did, and they earned this victory. And the right to keep dancing on and keep chasing the playoffs. Zach, I have I have so many questions for a team that I've watched now play ten times. Like we should we should know. And and offensively, I think we do know. We we know. We knew right away what the formula was, how they were going to attack teams. But number one, what the hell has happened to Carson Wentz since we last saw him? And Ooh, number yeah. two, and we can get to that in a minute, but I guess what's more pertinent to the Browns. Are we sure they suck defensively? Are we sh- are we sure? Because I don't know. And the last three games, obviously the weather's been atrocious. That plays into it. Their opponents are not great. That plays into it. But they come up with big plays at key moments. They've got the bend-not-break mentality most of the time. I'm watching Mac Wilson get burned in coverage and yet come back and make a big play. I'm watching Taki Taki return a touchdown. I don't know why they kept throwing at Denzel Ward, the best player on the defense. <laughs> Let's pick on that guy. Like, there's so much that didn't make sense. But I keep coming back to it. I tweeted this, and everyone's like, yeah, you idiot. The Browns suck defensively. I'm like, okay, well, look at the numbers from the last, you know. I, I, they could go a game and not force a punt. And you think this is the worst defense in the NFL. And then you come back and look up, and it's like, nah, maybe they're not so bad. Help me to understand 
oh wise sage one are the browns really bad defensively or not because i have to write a column on this as soon as we're done recording this pod and you may weigh heavily in which way i go with this because i honestly can't tell if they're good defensively or not well over the last not good they're not good i don't know if they're really bad defensively or not well over the last eight quarters they've been really good defensively and you know that's the halfway point of the season that's coming off a bye and you look at everybody that's new and some obvious talent deficiencies they have at safety and at linebacker. Um, you know, that's progress. It's what you'd expect. It's what you needed, right? The best units on the field today, all day long, were both defensive lines. And, you know, the Browns, the Eagles moved it early. Well, you know, Browns obviously made a quick adjustment and they kept going. They, they sacked five times, one's for a safety. One is Denzel Ward doesn't, this doesn't count as a sack, but he's flying off the edge on a corner blitz. It, Wentz makes a terrible decision, goes for a 50-yard touchdown the other way. And the only points of the first half were, were right there. Um, they, they keep giving their running game chances, Jason, because they kept doing what they needed to do, creating the big plays. Yes. And without yes. without Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon gets three sacks, right? Um, Where has that guy been? Yeah. You know, I he thought Sheldon Richardson today, was, was super active. So... Yeah. Um, Olivia Vernon made more plays today than he did in his entire Browns career combined up until 1 o'clock today. True or false? You're pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Arguable. Where has this guy been? Yeah. And, and and really, I guess what makes it impressive is we all know what happened to the deep. Like, last year they were kind of hanging in a little bit defensively until Miles gets suspended for the rest of the season, and then everything unraveled. And the defense looked awful without him on the field. That wasn't the case today. Now, you know, we can go back and talk about – Remember, I, on this podcast, we debated Jason Peters and whether or not he would be a viable option for the Browns on the offensive on the offensive line. Our answer after today is, "Oh God, no! Thank God they didn't do that because Vernon just absolutely whipped him for four quarters today." But the, what's encouraging to me, I guess, is is how well they hung in there without their number one pass threat. And you're right, Sheldon Richardson was in the backfield. I, I counted on multiple occasions. And Vernon, obviously, like I said, that's the best game he's played since he's been here. I don't know where it's been. I don't know how you replicate that. This is a guy that, you know, we debated. At least I wasn't sure he'd even be back this year. Restructures the contract and comes back. But never saw this type of performance out of him. Never saw that coming. No, I mean, the Eagles have struggled on the O-line all year. And um, Wentz never looked comfortable today, right? Now, that's that's been a oh. year-long thing, too, although we obviously don't get to see them play every week. But the Browns get a lot of credit for that. You know, in looking at the defense as a whole, they said Mac Wilson wasn't healthy. He'll be better. He was much more active today. Um, you know, he, he has the diving interception that ultimately gets overturned. But I just saw guys um, making plays, guys kind of smelling blood, if you will. You know, and, and I just – they needed – they took the challenge of Miles Garrett being out. And Miles might have set the NFL sack record playing against this team today had he been here. But <laughs> – um, you know, it was it was the kind of effort needed. And really, to me, even at 10-7 in the third quarter, when Cody Parkey makes a 46-yarder under the dog pound in, in a pretty steady rain, it just, based on what I had seen, Brown's defense against Carson Wentz, I thought the game was over right then and there with 25 minutes left or 20, you know, I, two minutes left. I It really I, felt like I and, and Honestly, there, there's your improvement because even when the Browns led the Cowboys by four touchdowns back in week four, it wasn't over, <laughs> right? right? And that was with Miles right. Garrett 
on the field. So we know in the six Browns previous wins that Miles had made a huge play in every single one of them. And we know that the formula has been just basic, efficient, smart football where you force those turnovers, you turn them into points. And most times in an NFL game, those are going to be big swings. Well, Vernon played that superhero role today. Denzel Ward was, even if he doesn't get the pick, where Wentz just kind of floats it down in the corner at the end with about three minutes left or four minutes left, he still played an A-plus game. So does this defense stink? No, I, I think based on recent evidence, you can't say it. It has holes. The Browns have questions. I mean, I can't believe the people who tweet me during the games and say that the, the pass offense is fine and that I'm hating Baker Mayfield. I'm watching the guy miss basic throws to oh, set up that should have been yeah. touchdowns, right? And yep. I know the, the, yep. there's a lot that goes into everything. The Browns are winning. The Browns have a clear identity. They have strengths. And on a day, they needed the defense to step up. The second best player on the defense played like all world like he is, Denzel Ward, and the other guys answered the call. And like I said, the Browns were better. They should have won this game. They needed to win this game. But they went out. And like I said, the score is one thing, and you know it's Harry in the fourth quarter. But to me, there really, once the game got flowing, there really wasn't much doubt who was going to win this game. I agree with you. Even as close as it may have been, it never felt to me like the Browns were in danger of losing the game. Not at any point. From the time Taki Taki returned to the end zone, I was like, okay, this is over. And I, there's no maybe rational basis for feeling that way other than the Eagles are a total disaster. And I want to spend a minute or two on Carson Wentz because this is a guy who, for better or for worse, has always been loosely tied to the Browns and Cleveland sports because of how that draft went. It's it's a name that comes up all the time. And, and should they have, should they have? What in God's name is – he looks like a quarterback who's got the yips. He can't even make good decisions. It's not even a matter of injuries throughout his career or whatever else. It's just poor decision-making from a guy who looked like an MVP candidate a couple years ago. What in God's name has happened to Carson Wentz? I I completely agree, Jason. I mean, most of the game when they had the ball, they were going the end to where I'm watching from behind the offense, and I'm watching his footwork, and I'm watching what I think he sees. And he's either missing guys or – or the Browns are not allowing him to see them. Uh, just no comfort level, you know. And, and I just thought the play calling, I remember one specific third and six where they ran a drawn-out play action of a dive play. Obviously, on third and six, they weren't running the dive play, you know. Right, right, um, right. They drafted this Jalen Rieger in the first round who's a dynamic, impressive rookie athlete. I didn't see one time, you know, a quick screen to, to get him. I mean, and this is how you attack the Browns, right? You get guys in space and you – you let your fast guys run through them and take angles on these linebackers and safeties. And the Browns lost their best safety early in the game. Ronnie Harrison yeah. was out. He came back in yeah. for a drive or two, but then he didn't play in the second half. So, you know, a couple times tight ends got loose, and that's going to happen. Um, but honestly, credit to Joe Woods um, and the Browns for saying, hey, we see some real weakness, some real uncertainty from Wentz, from this Eagles offense that's searching for an identity, and let's take advantage of it. And in the Browns building an identity, now getting this, finishing this three-game homestand with a second straight win, going to play the one and nine Jaguars who have lost nine straight, who are playing a sixth-round rookie and have no hope. Like you should be able to go down there and do the same thing, run it right at them, force one turnover, score on that, and get the hell out of there. So um, the second, the Browns are in second place. The Ravens lost in overtime. Obviously, don't know how that went down. It was the same time. But the Browns are in second place. The Browns are right in the thick of the playoff race with a couple teams they're going to play in December. 
Matter of fact, that's how they start December at Tennessee and home against Baltimore. But, you know, Jason, I finished my quick first thoughts column right before we did this podcast, and I closed it with this. The Browns beat another bad team, but you saw signs from the defense. And really, when you look at the weather, who wants to tackle Chubb and Hunt in this weather in a game with big stakes? Well, that's a good segue. Let's get into Chubb and Hunt a little bit. And, you know, I was I, – I, I, I thought the Browns did a nice job of sticking with the run, even when it wasn't working early, but there were still moments where, and, and maybe this is picking on Baker, but when he, when he fumbles the ball, I got aggravated because I just thought, just keep running the ball. No, it's not working, but keep running the ball because eventually you're going to break one. It's a one score game. It's not like the Ravens opening week where you're down three touchdowns early and you got to throw it to get back into it. This is a one score game. You have the lead. Just keep running the ball. You have the two best running backs in the league. And people on Twitter are yelling at me going, they are trying to run it, you dummy, and it's not working. You have to throw it. I'm like, no, keep running the ball. There is no such thing as too much chub. Keep giving it to him. It's going to break sooner or later. And we saw it break in the fourth quarter with both of those guys. Yeah, and, and to me, that's a credit to – I thought Stefanski called a great game. Now, I could nitpick some, as you always can, right? But, like – the passes, the Hodge, all three of them that worked, those are design play action boots because they saw something about the Eagles D line, which was very good and gave the Browns fits, gave the run game fits, gave Baker fits. Um, they kept, you know, and they just kept plugging away. And, you know, apparently Chubb lost a contact early in the game, and yeah. that's why he wasn't in there. I think they're still being a little bit careful, Jason. They're not going to say it. I still think they are. But, it just with really, you know, from the start, there were not lanes. There were not cutback lanes. The Eagles were sitting and daring and saying, we are ready for you to run. And they stuck with it. Now, the game circumstances, the defense making the plays allowed them to do that. But, I mean, these guys are so talented. I mean, Chubb breaks off the 54-yarder with the stiff arm that's like incredible highlight play of the game, right? Well, two plays later, Chubb tops or Hunt tops that by flying in the end zone from like the 60-yard line. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and again, like the Browns offensive line is really good. It's one of the best in the league. Um, they they were in a dogfight like, all day long trying to create space and trying to do things. And the ability to stick with it, the discipline from the play caller to stick with it. And then just knowing you got those guys like, again, it's it's such progress. And when you have that O-line, you're built to last. Right. So. You hate to, you know, you never know what the next week or even the next series will bring, and that's what we've learned in, in these games with this crazy weather and these strange circumstances. But again, you don't you don't have to dive too far into the Browns are great or the Browns haven't beat anybody to say, man, the Browns are really doing this as well or even better than anyone else in the league. You're just running it right at people. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm going to go back to something you said. I want to clarify something, but uh, real quick, I was I I don't know how I missed Nick Chubb in the Zoom room, but I missed Nick. Because I want to ask him about not wearing gloves today. Well, they put him in the second Zoom room. It was it was kind of a circus after the game today. That's how you missed him. Well, I had the Zoom room second. Not that anyone cares. Let's pull back the curtain. (laughs) I had I had so the Browns have two Zoom rooms, right, where they do interviews. They have the main one where Stefanski and Baker are in, and then there's a secondary room, which literally I think is six inches away with the curtain in between them because you can hear the two talking over top each other. And so I put the Zoom room one on my iPad and and Zoom room two on my phone. And I think my ADD kicked in and I was watching the iPad and missed Nick on my phone. But anyway, I wanted to ask him about not wearing gloves today because I think it's a rain thing with him. But I wanted to check because last year in the Patriots game, remember he fumbled twice. He started off with gloves, fumbled when the ball got kicked out of his hands, and then he took the gloves off and then he fumbled again with no gloves. But that was the only game I could think of in recent, you know, since, since he's been here and been a feature back where it was a steady rain like this. I, I, it's so odd. It looks so odd to see running backs in 2020 with no gloves on, just bare hands, couple fingers taped together, give me the ball and go. Uh, but he's so old school. Uh, it was just, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to ask him about that and I, I missed the opportunity to. But I w- also want to go back. You said you thought they were protecting him a little bit or hiding him a little. I forget what word you used. Yeah, protecting because of the him. Do you think? Protecting. You think they're trying to keep him out of goal line situations because of his knee? No, no, no. I don't think goal line at all. I just think that there is a pitch count. And it might not be a certain number, or it okay. might not even be the doctor saying don't do this. But I think Stefanski, unless in an outrageous or, un- or extraordinary circumstance, even by Brown standards, happen, I don't think right now, at midpoint of this year, that he wants to see 28 or 32 carries on Nick Chubb at the yeah. end of the game. I think he wants it yeah. to be 19 to 23. And that's just me. But, uh, and again, like I, I was wondering and I was tweeting out loud, like why isn't he in at the goal line? And apparently he had to go in the tent as they looked for the contact or tried to get a replacement or something like that. Um, they still should have gotten in there. Uh, but I just think a little bit, especially, the, and then flip it around, same end zone, different circumstance. They're coming the other way after the Denzel interception late in the game. Hunts, I just think there's a number that they don't want to get to right now unless they absolutely need to. And I really feel like in terms of playing the Eagles and next week against the Jaguars, I don't feel like they need to. I think they want him really ready to go for the stretch run. And they don't need to because of Kareem Hunt. Like these are too bad. They're going to get to 1,000 yards each. Barring injury, barring something unforeseen, they're going to have 2,000-yard running backs, which, I mean, you know, they said on the telecast the last time that happened was, I think, 09 in Carolina. Yeah, running backs, Obviously, 09, yep. yep. Right, yeah, yeah. Obviously, last year with uh, Lamar Jackson, it was a little bit different. But, you know, this is not a running league anymore. This is a throwing league. So it's so it's so rare and unusual to see this. But th- it's it's so set up for the Browns to do this. They have the personnel to do it. They have the, the right coach to do it, the right scheme. You know, we heard all about fit and alignment with the Browns in the offseason. And I made fun of it because it just felt like the latest buzzword. And by God, they're doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. because, And I'm glad you brought up Nick Chubb fumbling in New England, too, because I, I remember them well. Um, 
and gosh, what's he fumbled one time since then? And, and he's just the, the perfect player, right? Yep. So, like, now I'm wondering, because that game specifically, it was off the bye week last year. It was just right around this mm-hmm. time. And without mm-hmm. those two fumbles, I don't know that the Browns win because they were a historic shit show, right? But it it was still a semi-competitive game in New England, and they just they shot themselves in the foot with that. Like, and then last December when they didn't have Miles, it all went wrong. They didn't have Olivia either, and, you know, they couldn't stop anybody, and, and the wheels were off. I guess I'm I'm kind of curious, like, was this team better talent-wise than we thought? And now, you know, do they really have more talent than, than I think, than you think, than, than a lot of people think? Or is it the perfect marriage of the things you just mentioned? Um, weather circumstance, <laughs> really good running backs. And I ask that not just to throw it back to you, but to kind of say, like, you know, they're going to have to make a decision on Nick Chubb and you don't pay running backs. But my God, he's such a good football player. And whether it's accidental or not, and whether the circumstances, like what they're building here seems like it can be a real, real problem for a lot of people for a long time. Does it not? Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I, I know that I, I know that you feel very strongly that, you know, we know what Baker's ceiling is and it's not very high. I'm still, I still want to give the guy a chance only because, it's his first year in a competent offense. It's a first year in an offense. It seems to be designed to his strengths and suited to his strengths. He's had so many different systems, so many different coordinators. I agree. I saw Dan Orlovsky put something on Twitter today about a simple throw during the game, a simple read that he's just not seen. Uh, and then he then he turns around and he steps up in the pocket when in, a few weeks ago he would have ran in that situation. And, and in this case, I can't remember which play it was. It felt like third quarter feels a little bit of pressure, steps up in the pocket, steps in the throw, makes a great throw completion first down. And it's it, it's there. There's there's ingredients that maybe there's something here. If he just gets a little stability, if he just gets the opportunity to stick with the same system, if he just sticks with coaches who believe in him and, and continue to cater the offense to him. This isn't a guy, listen, this is not Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be. But I just – I, I just want to see, I want more and I want, I want more consistency and I want more opportunities and I want more games and I want more data before we declare what his ceiling is and where he's at. And maybe that was the end around and not exactly where I was supposed to take what you said, but I mean, it always comes back to the quarterback. Yeah. But otherwise I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, we said last year there was a ton of talent on this team. We knew there was a ton of talent on this mm-hmm. team last year. It was just, you know, I mean, they had a, a lunatic driving the bus, so it's hard for the you know to really see all the all the talent because he keeps crashing I'm into the Simpsons, and driving over the cliffs. I'm picturing the Simpsons bus driver. Right now. <laughs> I was thinking more like Chris Farley and, and yes. uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wasn't expecting you to take it there anyway, but since you did, I'll say this. Uh, I'm not ruling him out either. And the organization certainly isn't because they want it to work. And you could make the case that they need it to work. They have to make it work. They have no other option. But like you laid the list of ifs and excuses is so much longer than his list of achievements. Right. I agree. I agree. It just is. And so again, like you have built this and the, the changes have hamstrung him. The weather has hamstrung him. And we still – we saw a little bit today. Kaderil stepped up, um, and they schemed those those beautiful plays. But, like, 
we have not seen four quarters against a good team without Odell Beckham, right? We saw the Eagles yep. sit on the run today and really succeed. There were no offensive points in this game in the first half, right? Yep. So, look, the fascinating part of this and the reason that it's silly to go any deeper right now is that the Browns are clearly building an offense to where the quarterback is simply the conductor, right? Yep. They they yep. are cl- very clearly a run-first team, a team that, you know, uses different things to throw to the tight ends and uses misdirection to set up other things. And, you know, I thought Baker, you know, without going back and look, I thought his best play of the day was he read an Eagles safety blitz all along and Higgins is running right down the middle, wide open, and he throws it. And I, I asked him after the game, you know, the two big ones you hit, the one you missed, like how nice was it to be playing not in a tornado and actually even be able to try those? You know, they're going to have to try those. They're going to have to loosen defenses up. We will see. Um, Yeah, I'm not impressed with the quarterback play. I'm not writing them off. I'm not saying they can't win. I just think he's far from the guy you can win with. And then it comes back to what you mentioned. It's all about the quarterback in conversation and and maybe in your ceiling. You know, what can you really do if you don't have it? And, And then at what point does it really catch up with you? You know, and that's before we get to what are their alternatives, which, as you astutely mentioned, are few, <laughs> right? It would take yeah. it would take a lot of good, a lot of things going right, and a leap of faith. But I just when, when people say he's fine, he's not the issue. I get what you're saying, but man, uh, then I just have to point to who you're playing, and that's bad, bad teams in these circumstances yep. that just keep going the Browns' way. So we'll see because. You know, now they got a challenge in handling success and not looking ahead and keeping it going. And then they play two teams back-to-back who they are directly competing with those teams for the playoffs. So the playoffs for the Browns start on December 6th in Nashville. It's damn refreshing to say that. It's damn exciting to talk about it and think about it, right? And we'll see what happens because I don't know. You can be staunchly Baker or you can be staunchly anti-Baker. We'll see in those games what happens. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You, I want you to pull out your crystal ball. I, I know it's Jacksonville, and they probably can win handily without him. Do you think Miles plays next week? I know there's some debate and discussion about when his 10 days begins. To my knowledge, there really hasn't been a lot of clarity on that. Did I miss something? Or yeah, what do well, you think? Do you think they'll have him next week? No, they, they didn't. The, the rule is 10 days from the first symptom, which because he was not in the building last Wednesday, we can assume that he first showed the symptom before that. You know, in, in, in the Browns facility was closed last Monday and just said, you know, everybody followed the protocol, which they've done and said out of caution. So 10 days from Monday or Tuesday puts it to Thursday, Friday, even Saturday. Right. And and then he's fine. So, first of all, does he feel fine? Um, is he ready sure. to go and, and play a football game? But then, yeah, um, it could come down to Saturday morning. Him passing that last series of tests, him being ready. And then being able to go. So, um, 
to directly answer your question, no, there was no clarity. Stefanski didn't want to go there um, in specifics on Friday. And, of course, it wasn't brought up after the game today because there's other things to talk about, and it's five to seven days from now. But that will be a big deal. Um, again, kudos to Port Augustine, to Adrian Claiborne, who made a couple of plays that immediately come to mind, and to Livia, who had the big game. They call up Cameron Malveaux, whoever that is from the practice squad. Uh, he's right in there. Never heard of him. Yeah. Well, he's right in there fighting for that fumble at the four-yard line uh, early in a game. You know, they actually – Joe Jackson, the kid they had had been their fourth defensive end, did not dress today, and they called up this Malveaux. So so there's something there that they like. Um, this defense is thin, guys. A lot of them are. But you need your guys to step up. And for Olivier Vernon to play like the Olivier Vernon that the last administration thought he would be is huge. For Olivier Vernon to play like that for this team is huge. For whatever adjustments were made after the Eagles so easily moved it on the first drive to clamp down. And then they keep, as you mentioned, throwing the ball to Denzel Ward, and he keeps making them pay. And there's no explanation for that. But the Browns win. I got nothing else. I, I'm yeah. I don't think we're surprised with where they are. I think you know the schedule laid out. I think we called playoffs at four and two. I remember. I think it was right around then we came on the pod and said yeah. this team is going to the playoffs. Prepare yourself now. Like unless calamity strikes, which is always possible in Cleveland. This is a playoff team in the AFC, and we've seen nothing over the last month to, yeah, to tell so us otherwise. We'll, we'll dive further into that, both on the podcast and the written side. But it's 6 o'clock on Sunday night as we sign off on this podcast. The Ravens have lost. They're behind the Browns. The Colts are losing. Um, I don't know what the Dolphins are doing, but the Raiders play tonight against the Chiefs. Like, by standings, by the time you listen to this, the Browns should be in the playoffs with, with six games to go. So, we'll see. And again, so much – the present and future of this franchise, so much is going to be at stake in that Tennessee game, specifically in that home game versus Baltimore here on Monday night. Gosh, I wish we could have a full stadium for that one. How much fun would that yep. be? Um, yep. And then, you know, then going down the road. So we'll see. The Browns are doing encouraging things. The Browns are a well-coached team, guys. And the Browns have a few great – even with even with arguably their greatest, most talented player, maybe inarguably, um, at home today. The great players deliver. It's encouraging. It's fun. Enjoy it. Quit arguing so much. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on Civilized Barter.